Hey, you're listening to Millennials Leaving Mormonism. We were raised in the Mormon faith, and now in our 30s, we have decided to leave this high-demand religion. We chat about our story and reflect on our journey of deconstruction. Hopefully this helps others if they have decided to leave, or just provides people with reasons why some do. We hope you enjoy. All right, we're back. (laughs) Let's do this. This one we're going to talk about fear, which is a really important one. Yeah, so this one... I am actually pretty excited to talk about because you don't realize how much fear is in the church when you're in it. It's when you're in the church, you feel good and you feel like what you're doing is making you happy. You don't really think about if I, if I ever were to leave, how scary that would be. So the first time I ever really contemplated the fear of leaving the church was when we first discussed the church looked over the CES letter and decided to take a break from the church. And so um, it was in that moment I realized it it literally feels like you're in free fall because you're starting to question the church. And you have when you're in the church, it's almost like you have that safety net. You're like, if I died right now, I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm going to live, live with my family forever. And then all of a sudden that safety net is gone. And you think, if I die, I don't know what's going to happen. And then you think, I don't even know what's going to happen in this life anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do with all my time. I don't know what I'm going to do on Sundays. That whole safety net and comfort is suddenly gone, and it's very scary, and it literally it feels like you're in free fall. It's terrifying. I can't imagine going through it alone. Like we talked about, you know, how we were really lucky that we both had the same situation happen at the same time, or like at least when we talked about it, we felt the same because there's a lot of people that are in it by themselves and the spouse is out and the spouse has to experience all that without being able to relate to anyone. And I couldn't imagine doing that. And the church itself strikes fear in you about leaving and they use extreme examples, scaring you out of leaving, which makes it feel very cultish. And I mentioned the bite model by Stephen Hassan in a previous episode. And we are going to do an episode on the comparisons because I just think it's super fascinating. I don't like using cult and our religion, former religion, in the same sentence because it does offend people and it sounds really dark. But I think it's important to note that there are a lot of similarities and that's not necessarily saying that everything in it is bad. But there is a section, so the E and bite model is emotional control. And there's actually a section that says instill fear. So this is what cults would do. It says instill fear, such as fear of thinking independently, the outside world, enemies, losing one's salvation, leaving or being shunned by the group, others' disapproval, and historical guilt. I think those are so spot on for what the church does to scare you out of leaving And even recently in general conference where the prophets and apostles talked twice a year, they talked about like you, like the prophet himself talked about, you shouldn't listen to people that have left the church. And they're always saying that. And they're making people that leave the church sound like literal enemies. Like they're the worst possible people. They've been deceived by Satan and you shouldn't even listen to them. Like he said, don't even listen to their counsel. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people got really offended this past conference because they were like, well, my dad's not a member. Of course I'm going to listen to him. Like his counsel, what do you mean? Like, or he's left the church or whatever. So that's pretty wild that they are just so set on scaring you out of leaving or scaring you out of listening to people like us who are just like, we just want to share our experience if you're interested in hearing it. 
And if not, that's fine. But you don't have to make us out to be literal devils. Like, it's crazy. It is crazy, especially that that term anti-Mormon-like literature or anti-Mormon people. Or, yeah. I, I think a lot of people that leave the church that have information about why they left the church, they're not out to destroy people's faith. They just want to share what they've learned. You can take everything that you learned in Mormonism and continue to learn outside of Mormonism, but anything outside of Mormonism is considered anti-material. It's, it's crazy to me. They're anti, anti-material, anti-this. It reminds me of a lot of Scientology, which is... A whole nother thing. It's like, ugh, I don't want to be compared to Scientology, but honestly, there's a lot of similarities for sure. It's not as intense, thank goodness. The church hides a lot of their history and a lot of kind of, it's a high demand religion. So you are devoting 10% of your income, more than 10% of your time, more than 10% of your thoughts. You're, You're devoting so much of your life to this church that you think that you know, and I think we might have talked about this, we were in the church for 30 33 years and then it's only now that i'm starting to learn some of the history of the church that is pretty i don't know what else to say besides like it's pretty damning information and so i understand when people are mad i'm not bitter towards it but i i can understand why people are yeah for sure and just recently i listened to the mormon stories episode with the guy who came out with the ces letter because that letter that's online has been such a big part of people questioning and leaving because it has so much information that contains the history because I was like I need to know who this guy is all right I need to know like is he a sketchy dude because my brain goes to like this evil anti-person right because that's what I was taught because of the fear but he's like a super genuine person and it was so good to listen to his story because he really is like the most kind-hearted like seemingly genuine authentic guy and so I was just like really shocked by that because my brain had already formulated this super crazy evil person and then when i watched it i was like that's not the case at all so again it's just the fear and in addition to being scared of people that leave and that makes you scared to leave they also scare you in the sense of like it talked about like losing your salvation or breaking the covenants you've made or the commandments oh yeah and that's that's something that even now is is crazy so you wear they talk about garments that you wear it's basically underwear that you wear to and it, it sounds crazy to outside people but it really isn't that weird of a thing it's uh, it's similar to like hasidic jews that have the what's the thing they wear under their clothes and they have the ropes that hang down or yeah they have the ropes or mm-hmm. you know other cultures have like the turban or whatever a lot of cultures have clothing representing a commitment to their church and it's so in that sense it's not that weird but you're so fearful at least i was at first about taking off your garments because they say if you wear your garments you'll be protected and if you don't you won't be protected so you literally think like you're going to be physically harmed by taking them off at least i did i don't know how you felt yeah i mean so it's a top and a bottom so it really like is literally a second layer and they're like shorts they're not like actual underwear so that's what's so crazy about them too is they're just really uncomfortable more for women than men i think women have a lot harder time with them but anyway they yeah they teach you that you're supposed to wear them all the time like all the time even like when you exercise they like encourage you to wear them but people are very lax on that i don't think i ever really wore mine i tried but sweating in them underneath exercise clothes not fun but they do encourage you to wear them all the time no matter what and if you don't wear them it's like an automatic symbol to people like oh that that person's not wearing their garments is she wearing a tank top those shorts look really short 
she must not be wearing her garments. Like it's always an, an issue. They scare you into like, if you take them off, you're not protected by God. Like you're essentially like breaking your covenants with God that you made in the temple and you now are just like open to every bad temptation. I didn't think of it as like the physical harm, but oh, I definitely I thought of it as like, all right, I'm about to take these off. If I don't wear them for a long time, I'm probably going to be tempted to do something really terrible and then just turn into a bad person. We've had people in our lives that like, I saw so-and-so, they first took off their garments or stopped wearing their garments and then they went and did this. Like they cheated on their spouse and you're like, whoa, that's crazy. Or they, they cheated and then they left the church and they just give you, again, more extreme Only examples. they just would have worn their garments and if it would have never happened. Yeah, and so that was definitely a scary thing. A huge one for me was paying tithing because like you mentioned, you have to pay 10% of your income annually, but I would pay it like every paycheck just to make it easier to the church, which it's a billion dollar church. Go down that rabbit hole sometime. Super fun. Um, But that was a huge thing for me and I was really scared not to pay it because they tell you, you know, you have to pay this. It's a commandment. And if you don't, my brain said, you're going to lose your house. You're not going to be able to feed your family. You're going to lose your job because there are examples of people that have extremes and there's examples of people that they pay their tithing and a magical check comes in the mail. I can't pinpoint when I've heard these things, but everyone in the church, I think, has heard them where it's like they have a cousin or an uncle or someone that's like they were doing really good in the church and then they left the church or they didn't pay their tithing or they didn't do this or that. And then they uh, are now addicted to heroin and or <laughs> You know what I mean? Like there's all these things. It's like they were doing really great and then they didn't pay tithing and then they lost everything. He lost his job. And and so it's just cooked into you that if you stop doing any aspect of the church, God's going to curse you basically. There's a lot, a lot of fear within the church that you don't think about because you think you're always going to be in the church. But taking that big step away from the church is very scary. Yeah, it really is. And I never liked that because I feel like it did give me a lot of anxiety that now that I've been out, I am like, wow, I had a lot of fear. And it wasn't even just church-related fear. The reason I titled this episode Fear Disguises Faith is because they teach you to have faith, have faith. But the faith is like contingent upon you have to be scared a little bit, I feel like. Yeah. We still have some things from the church. We still have our garments and we still have like our our temple stuff Mm -hmm. and we are still even on the outside we we are at least i'm confident i'm not going back to be a full-fledged mormon ever again whatever it is you're like i can't get rid of them i can't do it even when you leave you still have a hint of that fear that you're going to be struck down for doing these things because you're literally taught that (laughs) but now that we've left the church I wanted to talk to you about how we've like overcome that fear and found peace outside of it because it took a little while for me. I don't know about you. Oh yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing that was like reoccurring fear, like the garments you get over. Um, I think the tithing powers, I was over that right away. But the, the fear that I still had for a long time is like, well now I'm afraid of dying because I don't know what is next. And so that took the longest time to wrap my head around making that okay now yeah i think i told you too the other day that we were out on a little walk outside and this beautiful area and i just had this suddenly had this like peace come over me of like i don't know what's gonna happen and that's okay i'm like i don't know 
what the answers are and that's okay because the church gives you a handbook for everything they give you a handbook for parenting they give you a handbook for how you eat and drink and how you dress and what you should do with your time and what life looks like before we got here and why while we're here and where we're going when we die like cut and dry everything is answered for you and then when obviously these historical questions came up and like things they couldn't answer, that's why you start questioning because you're thinking, I had all the answers. Now you don't have all the answers. Wait, hold on. You gave me all the answers. And so then you start saying, well, if that those answers aren't true or you don't have them, then how do I know these other ones are accurate? Like I mentioned, I had that existential dread where I had to go back to church because all of a sudden I was in panic mode of like, I don't know what's going to happen and I don't like that at all. I want to be... I want to be fully in so I can feel that comfort, even though you can't prove any of it, right? It's just, you're just hoping because it sounds really great. Everything in the church sounds really great on paper, but then you leave and you finally decide like, it's okay not to know. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I want to touch on real quick is I've seen um, some people in the church and they are okay with, they're, they're so okay with death that they are not living. They are just so okay with the next step of life that they basically are just waiting this life out to get to heaven. And so they just, whatever they do, they just kind of suffer through it. And that's even what the church says is that you should have faith, get baptized, uh, receive the Holy Ghost, and then endure to the end. That's like the gospel according to the, the Mormon church. And it's like endure to the end. That sounds awful. Like that sounds like not fun and it's not fun i think for a lot of people and so they're just like well i'm just going to endure to the end i'm going to have this kind of boring kind of sucky life but if i do this then i'm going to get rewarded in the next life i've seen that with people in my own life personally that they just they could be living a better life but they refuse to change first of all and they're just like it doesn't matter like i know eternity is much longer than this life and you're like what if it's not though? <laughs> I mean, you're you're just giving up on yourself because you think that the next life will be better. And I just think that's so sad because and it's not we're not saying you have to go drink and be merry, like do all the things like that are wild and crazy just because it's your only life. Like if that's the way you want to live, fine, but just enjoying the now, enjoying the present, like having a mindset yeah. of like I'm going to be in the moment and enjoy my present moments instead of focusing so much on like stuff we don't know that's going to happen after we die and yeah overcoming the fear of death is part of it it's like you have to overcome the fear of not knowing to really enjoy the time you have and I feel like I'm finally sort of getting there but it obviously takes a long time maybe some people never get there but it's a lot more comforting when you let yourself yeah I think two things that have helped me kind of find find peace outside of the church is uh kind of like what you said finding peace like in the mo like appreciating the here and now um when you stop and think about let's just say it's just science like it's just uh atoms and molecules and that's all there is think about how cool it is that we even exist that there happened to be a gas ball that lit on fire <laughs> and happened to create these rocky planets and our rocky planet happened to be just perfect for life and then life is created here and even though we could have been blown up by an asteroid a million times, we haven't. And so we evolved and our brain is now so advanced that we have these thoughts. I'm like, that's amazing being grateful that we even exist. I think it's super cool. You get this small little moment in time where you get to think and have 
meaning in in the universe and i think that's super cool i think those are both really cool and i personally am still figuring out what's helped me because i think i've just even like recently over this past weekend had that initial thought of like i'm finally feeling more comfortable i agree with being in the present i think it's more important than focusing on the future even in the church i feel like they use fear to make you do things that you don't necessarily want to do because in the church they always say you should never say no to a calling, which is like an assignment in the church. And that's just another fear tactic, because if you say no, then God's going to basically curse you or not give you blessings, and your life is going to be worse for not doing that. And I just think it makes me sad when I think about how much time and effort people have contributed to the church solely based on fear. And I think when you're in the church, you don't recognize it as fear. You're like, I, I just do this. It's fine. But since being out, I'm like, I definitely recognize a lot of the fear I had. I always knew I was afraid of not paying tithing. But I would just say, I have faith that paying this tithing will bring me blessings. But it was also fear-based because I thought, well, if I don't pay it, that's even worse. So as far as faith, I guess for now, I would say that I have faith in my intuition that I can trust myself. And that's something I want to talk about too later on that we're taught that we can't trust ourselves because we have to make sure that we're filtering it through the lens of the church. You can't just have a thought that's original and say, yep, that's what I believe or that's what I'm going with. It has to follow the rules the church has set. And that has been something that's been really interesting in leaving. I'm like, oh, I actually do have good gut feelings and good intuition. But you're taught that if you're not in the church, you don't have the right intuition. You don't have the right answers. You can't trust yourself. And so that's something I think I have more faith in myself, which I don't think is bad to say. I think that's interesting. I didn't think about that. But maybe that's part of the reason why I'm getting over some of my imposter syndrome because it's like, one thing that I've wanted to do for a long time is uh, write a book, and it might sound silly, but I was always afraid that I couldn't do that, and I, I don't know. I didn't think about why, but after leaving, now I feel confident that I could do this. So I don't know how that plays in with the church or if it's just a coincidence, but I think there's a lot of things since leaving that I'm going to have more confidence in doing moving forward. I do see a change in you as far as confidence in yourself and things you're willing to try and like go for we've always both been willing to try new things but I've seen you like definitely come out of your shell more since leaving and I think part of that is just yeah not having so much anxiety brought upon you by the church and another thing that I want to go over in future episode is this certain mold you're supposed to fit of like a woman in the church and a man in the church and how we both never have fit that and I think that part of that has made us not trust ourselves, not have faith in ourselves and be very doubting of our abilities because we didn't fit the mold. And like, it almost makes you feel like, no, you're not good enough in church. So why would you be good enough in life? Wow. I actually think that might be something <laughs> that, that is super interesting because I remember going to church every week and you see the successful business guys always raising their hand, always contributing to, you know, the Sunday school lesson always have important callings, always be a leader in the church. And I was never that. And I think it subconsciously just kind of beat me down. It's like, I, 
I don't I can't even get a good calling at church I can't even you know I can't do anything in church so why should I be able to do anything outside of church yeah hopefully this kind of covered some of the things that we felt fearful of in the church and how the church uses fear to control the members and keep you in and I just want to do a little aside that if you're fearful and you're in the church but you want to stay in the church, I would just say don't let those fears control you. If you like the church and you feel good about being in it and you feel like you have a lot of anxiety around the rules and the things you're told to do, I would say just loosen that rein a little bit. Like <laughs> let yourself be okay with not being perfect. And I've actually discovered that in a couple of my friends like that I'm close with now that are still members of the church, they don't take it seriously to the point of like fear. And I just appreciate that about them because I grew up thinking that even now, like thinking that you have to be afraid of doing anything wrong and not following it to a T or else you would just be, you know, in a bad place. And I just see these women that are good examples of people that know that they can still be involved and not be scared of making a mistake or choosing something different than exactly what the church teaches, which if you can do that, more power to you. Because if I could, I probably would still be in the church, but I just can't because I just don't have enough. I don't know. I've just, my brain doesn't work that way. I'm all or nothing. And that's just how it is. So yeah, it is interesting to think that the church only has as much power over you as you give it. Exactly. And I think more power to you if you can take the good things and not stress kind of, about this. Yeah. Throw things. out the things that don't serve you. I just want to end with the thought, be not afraid, right? Isn't, isn't Jesus the one that said that? Be not afraid, only believe. Um, I think that that goes for more things than just religion.